Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Dabelis, and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and health staff. The Russian Orthodox Church said this week that it was considering establishing an exarchate in Turkey, as it has just done in Africa, further deepening the schism between the Moscow Patriarchate and the Ecumenical Patriarchate that opened up following the decision by Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew to grant the Ukrainian Church autocephaly, essentially making it independent of Moscow. Professor Phil Doral joins the Greek Current to analyze these moves by Russia, explain why a move to establish a Russian exarchate in Turkey would do incredible damage to the ecumenical patriarchate and the Greek Orthodox community there, and provide a broader look into how Moscow's efforts to undermine the Fenar are playing out across the Orthodox world. Professor Phil Doral is Associate Professor of Religion at Walford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and his research has focused on Islam in Turkey and Muslim Orthodox Christian relations. Professor Doral, welcome onto the Greek Current. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. Professor, tensions between the Russian Orthodox Church and the Ecumenical Patriarchate reached new levels following Moscow's decision to set up an exarchate in Africa, a move that undermines both the Patriarch of Alexandria and the Fanar. How did we get to this point? You know, can you give our listeners the context that led to this decision? Sure. I think, like you mentioned before, the general context is the Ecumenical Patriarchate's tomos of autocephaly to the torture of Ukraine, which essentially it seems like Moscow interpreted as some kind of action against its religious ecclesiastical legitimacy. And so it is striking out against other Orthodox Christian jurisdictions like the Patriarchate of Alexandria, who supported the Ukrainian church in this regard. And I think the threat to make a similar kind of move within the territory of the Republic of Turkey against the Ecumenical Patriarchate is the same kind of action. Getting to that announcement, the Russian church said it does not preclude the possibility of establishing a Russian exarchate in Turkey. Is this a direct challenge to Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew? Yes, it's extremely direct. And my major issue with it is that the only way the Moscow Patriarchate can create an exarchate in Turkey is by effectively collaborating with the Turkish government in its repression of indigenous Orthodox Christians in that country. Because the Turkish state, constitutionally under its doctrine of secularism, reserves the right for itself to regulate the affairs of all religious communities in that country, domestic institutions like the Ecumenical Patriarchate are crucial mediators between religious believers and the state authority. Undermining those domestic institutions means undermining the actual rights of people in that country, especially religious minorities. And so the the Moscow Patriarchate threatening to establish an exarchate there is just furthering a decades-long process of the marginalization of the indigenous Orthodox Christians in that country. And to add on to that as well, for that reason, Erdogan would certainly prefer to work with an authoritarian foreign government like the Russian state when it comes to the minorities in Turkey than have to deal with an indigenous institution that is a strong defender of international human rights standards on behalf of Turkey's religious minorities which, of course, the Moscow Patriarchate and the Russian state explicitly reject international human rights standards. And so this kind of move would just do nothing but harm the Patriarchate itself and the flock that it oversees. Can you expand a little bit on how this could cause this incredible damage to what's a small and constantly besieged Greek Orthodox community in Istanbul? So this community over the past few decades has been seen by the Turkish state under its interpretation of Turkish nationalism as a foreign element as not ethnically Turkish. This community, the indigenous Greek Orthodox, are called in Turkish the Rum, coming from their self-identification and their roots in Byzantine heritage. 
And because this community over the past decades has been constantly undermined by the state, legal action has been taken against it to expel or restrict their rights because of this nationalistic um, rejection of their legitimacy on Turkish territory, despite their being indigenous. The Ecumenical Patriarchate is the only institution in Turkey that has any kind of constitutional or any kind of domestic power to intervene on their behalf vis-a-vis the state. If you harm that institution, First of all, you have to collaborate with the Turkish government to do that because the government there reserves the right to interfere and regulate the affairs of religions in that country. And if you take away and harm that domestic institution, you're taking away the thing that sits between the Turkish state and those minorities that's advocating for them, that is domestic like they are, that's indigenous like they are. So basically, the Moscow Patriarchate would be undermining crucial Eastern Orthodox institutions in Turkey that serve the interests of Orthodox there, essentially to further its own geopolitical ambition, in my opinion. And what is that geopolitical ambition of the Russian Orthodox Church? So there's a lot of really interesting ways to interpret this. The way that I have tended to think about it over the past few years is that the Moscow Patriarchate, alongside the Russian state, seems to view themselves as vanguards of a illiberal, anti-democratic order that defends their vision of illiberal governance against the perceived decadence and threat of international human rights standards and liberal democratic culture. The Moscow Patriarchate sees the Ecumenical Patriarchate as a direct challenge to this because it is. The Ecumenical Patriarchate for, I mean, decades now has been a vocal, one of the most vocal global Christian advocates for international human rights standards and advancement. It sees those standards as springing from and in harmony with Orthodox Christian faith and identity and has done work on behalf of human rights, minorities, global issues. And that ethical ethos represents a direct challenge to Moscow's vision. To me, that's the core of the the conflict here. We've talked about the decision by Russia to set up this exarchate in Africa. There's this announcement that it is considering the same in Turkey. Can you talk about some of the methods that the Russian church uses in this series of challenges towards the ecumenical patriarchate? Well, it seems to me that the basic idea here is to assert jurisdiction where it's difficult to do so. In the context of Turkey, at least, the reason why this would be difficult from the Turkish context is that they would have to essentially combine their ecclesiastical ambitions with the Turkish state mechanism and the way that it tries to regulate, like I was saying, the affairs of minorities in that country. And so to me, the broader problem here is that the Moscow Patriarchate is willing to use illiberal means to work with governments and to actively advocate for illiberal principles in order to enhance its sort of ecclesiastical status. And my sort of presupposition here, my my argument, is that the advancement of international human rights standards, the advancement of global democratic culture is inherently good for religious minorities everywhere. It's inherently threatening to authoritarian governments. And because the ecumenical patriarchate is interested in international human rights standards, in no small part because of its own experience in the Turkish context, its religious authority is crucial in that argument. And the Moscow patriarchate, its methods seem to be comfortable with, and in many cases, perfectly happy with advancing that agenda using illiberal means. And that to me is the major problem. That sort of illiberal agenda to me, can do nothing but harm the interests of religious minorities, whether they're Orthodox, Muslim, or anyone. Are we seeing any pushback to these moves that Russia is taking? I think so. The basic sort of thing here is that the ecumenical patriarchy, in my opinion, has been advancing and advocating for this vision of Orthodox ethics and morality in a contemporary context 
It's been advocating for international human rights standards for decades, going back to the middle of the 20th century. So it's been one of its cardinal features in the 20th and 21st century period. To me, it's one of the most compelling and important aspects of the ecumenical patriarchate's orthodox Christian witness in the contemporary period is precisely its insight that modern contemporary international human rights and the ethics that they represent are a key form of justice in the modern period. And the Orthodox Christian Church has an interest in working with that ethical framework and using it to advance the cause of justice in its own context and abroad. So to me, it's like for decades, the Ecumenical Patriarchate has been doing this important work. And the Moscow Patriarchate, after the fall of the Soviet Union, for its own reasons and the incredible trauma it sustained in the 20th century, I don't mean to undermine or, or discount. But for a much shorter time period, over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, people who are experts in Russia know more about this than I do, the Moscow Patriarchate has advanced a different agenda, in my opinion, against the Ecumenical Patriarchate. So what I'm saying is the Ecumenical Patriarchate has had its ethical vision for decades now, preceding the way the Moscow Patriarchate currently behaves. And so if anything, the Moscow Patriarchate has set itself up over and against recently what the Ecumenical Patriarchate has been standing for for many decades now. So in this back and forth, I personally see the Moscow Patriarchate as the reactionary force and the Ecumenical Patriarchate as the one that's been doing its human rights advocacy for much longer. And so to me, the pushback dynamic here is actually more the Moscow Patriarchate's pushback against the broader agenda of international human rights standards in the world and within an orthodox framework. This is obviously something that scholars like yourself, members of these faith communities, are paying attention to. Do you think that policymakers in Washington, D.C., for example, should also be concerned about these moves by the Russian church, which seem to also be linked with the geopolitical ambitions of the Kremlin? That's a very good question. Yes, I think they should be concerned about it for precisely that reason. And that is, Putin's government, the Russian government, is clearly a vanguard in the advancement of illiberal, anti-democratic, authoritarian values globally. And I mean, as we all know, we've seen the advantage of those ideologies over the past few years in the United States, I mean, in Turkey, all over the world. So the fact that a powerful religious body like the Moscow Patriarchate is willing to use its religious authority, not simply to sort of thrive in its context, but willing to use its religious authority to actively advance an illiberal authoritarian agenda globally should clearly be a concern of policymakers because that is inimical to the interests of not only the domestic agenda of the United States and of any country that seeks to establish human rights standards in its own territory in the same way that American illiberalism is threatening here. To me, the basic principle is simple. A threat to freedom anywhere is a threat to freedom everywhere. And so this should be a serious interest of policymakers because it's an international religious authority using its authority to advance an anti-democratic agenda that could harm the interests of religious minorities, orthodox or otherwise, all over the world. Professor Darl, thank you for joining us on The Greek Current. It's great speaking with you. Thanks again. I appreciate it. In other news, George Tsunis, President Joe Biden's choice for United States Ambassador to Greece, is expected to appear before the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations on January 12th. The committee, chaired by Senator Bob Menendez, will then vote to confirm his appointment. If successful, Tunis is expected to formally assume responsibilities in Athens by the end of the month, replacing outgoing Ambassador Jeffrey Pyatt. Tunis has a long-standing relationship with President Biden, having served as the chair of Greek Americans for Obama-Biden in 2012. Finally, Greece's finance ministry is preparing to return to capital markets this month in anticipation of a decision by Fitch over the country's credit rating on January 14th. 
the credit rating agency, in a recent report, said that the latest decision by the European Central Bank to continue purchases of Greek bonds by 2024 has significantly supported the sustainability of Greek debt and reduced the investment risk for Greek bonds. Greece will reportedly issue half of the year's worth of new bonds in the first quarter of 2022, starting with a new 10 billion euro issue this month. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.